0: Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored
1: by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury.
2: Sports Talk, where your voice counts.
0: This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the Beverage Supermarket. Stock up for the weekend now. Imports, domestics, microbrews—the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, lots and lots of snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and not every day. Six great flavors of slushies and the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. All at Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. With Thornton on him, Backs the freshman in. Backs him in. Back to winner. Penetrates. Kicks it off to Pickett. Two to shoot. Pickett. Shot clock. Buzzer. Go as he rattles it home. 70 to 65. Nittany Lions. Pickett. Inside the arc. Switch. ball. Backs in. Sensiball. Drop step on Sensiball. Lays it up and in. Basket counts it a foul. Who was that guy? I heard Girardi. All right. F-O-U-L-E-D That spells foul d- Look, when you need your star to be your star That's the moment you need him He scored Penn State's last 14 points last night And they won 75-71 Jalen Pickett That's why he's one of the top 20 on the Wooden war- Awardlets Scott Lauber knows something about that He watched Bryce Harper be a star when the Phillies needed him to be a star And he joins us It is great to be talking baseball anytime, Scott <laughs>
1: yeah it is isn't it? um and it's in full swing with spring training, so um and it's crazy because they actually play a game tomorrow they play a an exhibition game, a couple of them actually, a split squad, and uh, I don't know about you, Steve, but I kind of feel like it it all just ended with the World Series. It was a short off season ninety days or so, I guess, and right back at it uh starting tomorrow with a with a spring training game, it's crazy.
0: It always seems like a long time when you're a Pirates fan because it ends September 30th. (laughs) But when you and your team is in the World Series, it's a short turnaround. Uh, One thing that we'll see right away, Scott, will be the rules. So which which ones are you interested to see how they work and what difference they make?
1: Yeah, we're going to get a good look at them right away. And, I mean, just a guess, but I think... I think the first few weeks of spring training could be a little messy, and I'm not sure Major League Baseball doesn't want it to be a little bit messy because uh, they're going to implement these new rules right from the jump um, in spring training, and, you know, better to get it out of, you know, as Rob Thompson said, better to get it out of your system in spring training, right, and and kind of mm-hmm. adapt to them, to them now rather than during the season. And um, so right from the, the get-go, they're going to call, you know, they're going to call pitchers who are too slow and hitters who are too slow and I think that's the one that's going to stand out the most early on and I don't think it's going I don't think it's going to have the the you know I don't think it's going to be the one that has the biggest effect on let's say the season um because I think players will adjust but you know there are going to be guys who've been around a long time I think veteran players are going to have more trouble than than young guys who've experienced it in the minor leagues um, who've just done something a certain way for their entire careers, and they're going to have to speed up and, and get, you know, hitters are going to have to get in that box, and pitchers are going to have to get on the rubber and deliver a pitch. And um, You're going to see, I think, some guys flagged for it early in spring training, and they they're not going to be happy about it, um, but they're going to have to adapt to it. So I think that's the one that's going to stand out in the very beginning. Ultimately, I think the one that's going to have – you know, or the two that are going to have the the, the most effect on the season and, and the way the game is played in general you know is the banning of the shift and mm-hmm. uh, you know and, and maybe you know some other things like the pickoff throws and the larger bases mm-hmm. you know it's all in the name of getting more action in the game and more and more and less dead time and, and I think that those are going to be the rules that, that change the way the game looks and the way the game is played um the the pitch timer and the pitch clock to me is very important because it's gonna speed up hopefully the pace of the game. But I think ultimately a lot of the hiccups that you're gonna see in spring training with, with pitchers and hitters, um, you know, they'll be able to adapt to that and uh and, and once the season starts, hopefully um, you know, uh there won't be a whole lot of interruption because of it. It'll become second nature. So we'll see.
0: So I'll pick out a guy that we know is a slow worker and that's Kenley Jansen. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows, whether he was at the Dodgers, Braves, now at the Red Sox, he takes a lot of time between pitches. All right, so on the Phillies, who would fall into that category of taking a little longer, in your opinion, than others that may have to then re-gear to make sure they fit?
1: So the Phillies came to spring training with a list of, of some of their pitchers and I, I assume hitters as well, but, you know, the focus, for whatever reason, has been more on the pitchers here um, mm-hmm. who are the slower workers. And, you know, some of the names on that list are like Andrew Bellotti as uh, a reliever who will be in their bullpen, and Jose yeah. Alvarado. And, um, but I think the Kenley Jansen equivalent, and I don't know if he's as slow, quite as slow as Kenley Jansen, but, you know, he's going to be challenged uh, in, in a similar way as Craig Kimbrell. And okay. it's not unusual. It's not unusual yes. that, that guys who are closers, you know, are challenged like this, especially with runners on base. They really do tend to slow down when they get a runner on base and have to pitch out of the stretch. So I, I just I generally think it's that, that group of pitcher, Kenley Jansen, Craig Kimbrell, uh, guys who have been doing this a while and doing it a certain way who might have to just get used to a little bit of a different pace, a little bit of a different rhythm. Maybe it changes how they hold runners. You know, they're not going to be able to pick off as much either when there's a runner on base. You can disengage from the rubber twice, and that includes pickoffs. And then if you try to pick a runner after that, you better get him; otherwise, it's a balk and he gets the base. So, um, you know, it's it's going to be an adjustment for those guys. I think the younger guys, as I said, who've, who've maybe experienced this a little bit in the minor leagues, I think it'll be a little bit easier for them. The older guys might take a while and you know I think you're gonna see some flags in spring training. You know, some guys who get who get, you know, flagged by the umpires and hopefully they, you know, as I said, kind of can adapt in spring training. So some of that messiness uh kind of gets out of the way before the season starts.
0: Kenley Jansen is slow to the plate. There are people that go through school zones faster. Uh, so, so let's uh, now let's get to the size of the bases and the yeah. pickoff part, which is interesting. So let's take one of the great moments in baseball, and that was Dave Roberts stealing second off Mariano Rivera. And game four, American League Championship Series, two thousand four. Sure. Rivera throws over four times. That won't be allowed. And Posada, who does not have a great arm, makes one of the best throws of his career. And to be honest with you, with a bigger base, it's not that close a play. How interested are you to see stuff like that because a play that was like bang-bang with a larger base is not going to be bang-bang?
1: Yeah. I mean, look, that was my that was my sort of um, – that was my feeling also. And then I talked to Trey Turner – Okay. who has stolen the most bases I think of anyone in the majors since like 2015 or or 2016. He doesn't think it's going to be that big of a thing. Like he said, you, you know, he said to me he goes, you know, right now with the bases the way they were, you were out by an inch or safe by an inch so often. And he doesn't think that the extra 3, you know, 3 inches it's it goes from 15 by 15 square inches to 18 by 18 it might sound like a lot and honestly I'll be I'll be honest with you I've seen them they look it looks a lot bigger
3: he still you're thinks right. you're
1: going to be you're going to be out or safe by a few inches he he doesn't necessarily think that the bases are going to make a whole lot of difference he does think that the pickoff rule is going to be a factor and for somebody like him who runs and runs well the expectation might be to run more often because you're not going to be able to pick off as much if they pick off twice, you know they probably aren't gonna try it for a third time. so you right. might as well take off and go um yep. It does cut down on the on the distance between bases by you know like like i forget what the measurement is it's 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 minuscule but it's also it's there it's 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 a little bit smaller than ninety feet uh it's like eighty nine and something inches but like so that's slightly closer. But he seems to think it's going to be some of those other factors like holding runners and you know the pitch timer making it harder to hold a runner, the pickoff making it harder to hold a runner that'll compel runners to run more, which is really the point of the whole thing anyway, is to run more and to get more action in the game. He still thinks though that you're going to have bang bang plays the way you did before. We'll see my my inclination was to say exactly what you just did, which was you know a bang bang play uh you're going to, it's certainly going to favor the runner now because the base is bigger. Um, But I'm not sure. We'll have to see how it plays out.
0: Uh, What about the shift? I mean, look, people will still shift. They just have to be they may be a foot away from the imaginary line at second base. To me, the key part is they have to keep their feet on the dirt of the infield. What's your thought on that?
1: Yeah, I'm curious to see how teams try to circumvent the new rule because you know that some teams are going <laughs> to are gonna, are gonna try to figure out a way. They're going to get no, – this is what teams yep. do. And and it's, yep. it's totally understandable, and that's what they should do, is get in their labs and figure out, you know, all right, how do we get an edge now? Um, and, you know, I said that to Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber is one of the ones who's going to be, you would think, most affected in a good way by the yep. banning of the shift because – he faced the shift like 90% of the time last year. I saw one estimate where he had 12 or 13 hits taken away by the shift. You know, 12 or 13 hits raises his batting average by about 20 points. Um, you know, how hard he hits the ball to the to the right side, a lot of those balls that went in the shift are going to go for hits now. So he's excited about that. But I said to him, like, "Are you you think you're going to see, like, a shortstop, per se-, you know, for instance, you know, try to break as soon as he can to get in position – on the other side, and he's like, "I think that's going to be too difficult. Like, you can't. It's going to be hard to outrace the ball, so it's going to be hard to break from your side of the base. Obviously, they'll position their infielders on that on their side of the base to try to maybe take away a hit up the middle or something like that. He thinks where it could get interesting. You know, th- there's nothing that that prevents you. There's nothing that, that in the rule that talks about outfielders moving." So if you've got a dead pole hitter, you could take your left fielder and put him in right, in shallow right, the way they would have with the with the shortstop or the third baseman back in the you know with the shift. Now you're just daring the guy to hit the ball the other way. If he hits the ball the other way, he's going to run forever and ever and ever. And Schwarber said, if they want to move the left fielder, by all means, I'll just you know I'll try to go the other way and 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 get a triple or an inside the park home run. I'm not a, I'm not averse to trying that, and I think I can do that. So that's the risk. But it's going to be interesting to see if teams try it, and if they do, if they get burned by it.
0: All right. Uh, When you look at this Phillies team going in, uh, what are a couple of uh, elements on the checklist that you want to see in spring training that tells you that that element is on the right track?
1: Yeah. um, I think the first thing that I wanted to see when I got there was um, what the sort of the – Atmosphere was like what the what the energy was like in camp. Yeah, uh, and what I found was, um, as you might expect, it was it's pretty positive. It's pretty upbeat. It's there's a lot of confidence, not um, cockiness. I think it's kind of a just kind of a quiet confidence that they got where they got last year, two wins from winning the World Series, and they feel like they can get back there again. I've mm-hmm. talked to players who've been around now for a while with the Phillies, Reese Hoskins for one. And he was talking about how, you know, really throughout his whole career, he's come to spring training and he's heard about a drought, a playoff drought, you know, mm-hmm. seven years, eight years, nine years, 10 years, kind of right. something that sort of followed them around. And they don't have to hear about that anymore. It's it's a weight that was lifted. And, and you could feel it last year after they made the playoffs, and you can certainly feel it this spring. So that was one thing what the atmosphere was like, what the vibe was like, and so far so good. Um you know, I'm interested to see now as games start, um, we've been talking about the rules, what they look like and how the players adapt to them. Uh I am curious to see how this fifth starter competition plays out. That is the story of Camp by by far. Uh yeah. Andrew Painter, we've all now had a look at him in some bullpen sessions and some live batting practice and uh, it's impressive stuff. Now we'll see it in games. We'll see it against hitters, and we'll see if at 19 years old he really has a chance to make this team. I think he does, and, and I think it's actually a pretty good chance if he pitches well uh, and looks like he belongs. That he'll be, I think he could be in the rotation on you know out of opening uh, out of camp. Um, so we'll see how that plays out, and then just health, you know, and that's the thing Rob Thompson's been harping on. It's not a camp where there's a whole lot of jobs up for grabs, unless the last two spots on the bench. Really, kind of grab you as something that's interesting, um, you know, and it is interesting, uh, but it is certainly a uh, a um, not a not a primary kind of like storyline. Um, you know, when you have a camp like that where 23 or 24 of the 26 spots are claimed, what you just want to do is you want to see that team break camp healthy, and yes. um, they're going to have a few guys go off to the World Baseball Classic in a couple of weeks. Uh, they're going to want to get them back in uh, in the shape that they left them in. So that'll be something to watch. And and uh, and just kind of get through it and be healthy and start the season with their full complement of guys.
0: I've said that once and said it a thousand times when it comes to, like people ask me about Penn State football training camp, for example. I said, you want to break camp with essentially the same team you started camp with. Yeah. Yep, Thanks no so much. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. I'm just I, – I know it's been a short time between the World Series and now, <laughs> but it's always fun to just talk baseball.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I mean, look, like I said, they got games tomorrow, opening day is um, basically yeah. a month away. So yeah. um, so it's, it's, uh, it's coming, and it's coming quickly.
0: And I just I, – and I'm more excited about the season – than ever because there's nothing hanging over the sport i just feel like now we can go and enjoy games and we can yell back and forth about rule changes and players and things like that
1: yeah i i I was talking to somebody about that the other day and how it's you know i wouldn't go so far as to say it's a it's a normal spring training because you do have the world baseball classic that's going to interrupt it in between but that's a baseball thing like yeah, 2020 the pandemic shut things down. 21, it was a weird spring because we were still in the pandemic last year. It didn't get started until uh, the middle of March because of the lockout. So we're finally um, able to go to spring training and talk about baseball for a change, like for seven weeks uninterrupted. That's that we haven't done that in a while. So it's uh, it's it's pretty good to get back to, to normal and, and have a uh, and have a, a mostly normal spring again. You got that right.
0: Scott thanks so much appreciate it very much my friend
1: you bet Steve anytime
0: Scott Lauber joining us yeah. uh, I'm sorry I feel man, geez, I apologize I'm sorry I didn't ask about the Yankees
2: that's okay I wasn't expecting it it says here I'm contractually obligated to do it I mean the Phillies are playing the Yankees tomorrow it's one of their split squad games but that's okay
0: what if the Phillies route them? Eh, it's game one. <laughs> it's spring training. None of these people are playing. <laughs> exactly.
2: <on>. The Stars <laughs> will on. play like a half an inning maybe, get one at and bat you know, and, and get and out. You know, and
0: you Whatever. know what's interesting? That's why you don't get too hung up on spring training stats, and I tell the people that all the time because, especially with pitchers, a lot of times they'll go to the mound and they're working on something. All right. And you know, especially the veterans, they're working on something. They're like, Oh, he got knocked around. He got knocked around because he's trying trying a couple new things just to see if they can make it fit or not. Um, uh, don't I? Uh, you can go three for 27 in the spring, and if you go two for four in opening day, what's your average?
2: Exactly right. Five hundred. Yep. <laughs> okay. My biggest thing, and this should be for every fan, is how is my team adjusting to all the new rules, especially pitchers with the pitch clock. That's my biggest thing.
0: Well, that's what I was saying to him, like a, like a Kenley Jansen, a Kenley Jansen, or a Craig Kimbrel who's now with the Phillies. Like they just kind of
2: take their time here. Yeah, yeah. that's what yeah. I want to see. If my team is, if my team feels like it's. Just about, is they're not going to be totally comfortable, especially since now you got guys going to the WBC in a couple weeks. But as long as they're somewhat comfortable and they have an idea of what to do, they just have to get in a routine. I'm okay yeah. with it because I think I've April's going to be messy too.
0: I've never been, I've like only watched a little bit over the years when the, when the WBC was played. I've never really have gotten into it. Um, I've seen a little bit of it, but never really. Now, maybe part of it is it's, you know, it's it's during basketball season. You know, Penn State's made a couple of long NIT runs, things like that, where, okay, you're kind of
2: hung up doing what you're doing.
0: Uh, i never really have gotten into the WBC.
2: The only year I did was when they had the big Team USA year with, with Jeter and Teixeira, everybody else that was on Team USA. Yeah, and then you I had know. the rivalry with uh, uh, Ortiz on Dominican Republic, etc. Like when those guys were in it, it was fun. But now it's eh. I There's not enough just, star I, power no, no. with it. I,
0: I just I never really got into it. I never did, and I, I understand what baseball's trying to do with it. I I, I completely get it. And in in baseball, I do it as well. It's great, you know, country against country, showcase the world, and so forth. I I understand that. It's Just for some reason I never never like eh okay. Now tell me when opening day is. <laughs> okay, we'll come back with more in a moment here on uh, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay. Mm, mm.
1: When car repairs get difficult,
0: well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good Sunbury Motors Patronage. All right, coming up. Next half hour, the king. Just got a new reading on Matt's blood pressure. Not good. (laughs) I accidentally mentioned the Yankees and shot up.
2: Talk where your voice counts.
0: This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, imports the message Micro Brews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Six great flavors of slushies. Pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street and Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Roots 11 and 15 Hummels Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. Time now to bring into the show the difference maker in our ratings, the King. Did he quit?
2: No, we got him. Okay. Hello, King. King! Hey, boys. How's it
3: going?
0: Doing well. How are you? Oh, I'm
3: disappointed in myself. So, I... Took a left and drove through a school bus stop. Oh! Never done that in my life. so I might be going to jail. I don't know. See. Okay. Never even saw it, and then people honked at me, and I was like, "Oh my God! I can't believe I just did that." I took a left, yeah. and the school bus was stopped right at the corner, and I never even I saw know. it. I drove yeah. right through it. So. Yeah. yeah. I'm a bad boy.
2: Yeah, it happens. I,
3: yeah, I know. That was just a mistake. I, but I didn't do it on purpose, but I feel really bad. Okay, I got that off my chest. So, how's the sports world? I watched Penn State the other night. Good defensive team.
0: Got to play better defense. That's for sure. Need to play better. You think?
3: Defense. I thought they played yes. really well. No, Ohio State. I... The okay. off
0: the okay. Penn State's offense has been outstanding. In fact, Penn State's offense is ranked 13th in the nation in efficiency wow. out of 363. Their defense has been good enough at times. For example, when they needed it to be better at Minnesota Saturday night, Minnesota in the second in the um, in the second half shot only 41 percent. Mm-hmm. Last night in the second half, when they needed it to be better, Ohio State shot only 41%. The problem was the first 30 minutes when they were shooting 52%. <laughs> it's like, come on.
3: Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I, I saw like the last 10 minutes.
0: Well, that's the part where they played well defensively. And I
3: was just, I, I'm i not a basketball Guru, at all. My take was just being a fan watching was the defense was very well. But well, what I thought with their offense, too much one on one.
0: Well, but that was planned. Okay, that's a plan. The Penn, oh, okay. State's, that's Penn, State, yeah. Penn State's um, gets a lot of open looks offensively with a lot of guard to guard screening and ball movement. But then they'll get yep. to certain points in the game where Micah Shrewsbury, and this is because of his NBA background, after watching mm-hmm. the game, he'll pick out a, a, two matchups and say, "Look, yep. okay, attack it." So anytime okay. four, anytime four McNeil was on somebody, all right? It was that's the guy right there. The big red circles around him, right? So it didn't matter whether it was winner or picket or whatever, they attacked it. And then with Mm -hmm. Pickett, Pickett's such a good one-on-one player, he ended up scoring the last 14 points for Penn State in the game. They ran two different guys at him, including the freshman Sensible, who's a heck of an offensive player.
3: He's a really good player, yeah.
0: But but he's not a good defender. And you notice how Pickett had him off balance? So that was – they wanted to get one-on-one matchups in the last five to eight minutes of the game. Because they felt mm-hmm. that they could win those one-on-one matchups, which most of the time they did, and that's how they won the game.
3: Yeah, okay. Well, that's what I took from it. So it yeah. was, and they're good. They're going to be a hard out in any tournament. So, But what are they, 17-11? and
0: 17-11, and i uh, got a big game on Sunday here with Rutgers at 630. Is Rutgers ranked? Yeah, Rutgers has been really – they have the same record as Penn State. They're a little bit higher right now in the ratings than Penn State is. But it's a great opportunity for Penn State. Um,
3: Oh, yeah. You can flip-flop
0: that. And they are are a terrific defensive team. They are really no better than an okay offensive team. Uh, And that's – so that will be one of the keys to the game. It'll be
3: I remember way a, back when, when we saw them at Madison, back when I was with you in New York City, yeah. and they were in the tournament. Man, they yeah. were some big dudes. I mean, they, yeah. they run down the court, and Madison Square Garden was shaking. <laughs> they yeah. were like muscle-bound. They yeah, just beat they people had, up. Yeah. They lost, but they were so physical. So, yeah,
0: a very uh, physical team. And, it, and this team is, they're third in the nation in defensive efficiency. Wow. Penn State's 13th in offensive efficiency. But Rutgers' offensive efficiency is in like the 160s. So, it, this is, again, you're looking at units on the floor. And, you know, those are some of the things that we look at going in, elements such as that. Hmm.
3: Well, I enjoyed the game. They look good. They'll definitely be NIT teams, but I think they can get in the tournament they got oh, to win next, three more games,
0: right? Yep. Next three games are going to tell a lot of that because they, you know yeah. Rutgers would be a quad two, Northwestern would be a quad one, and Maryland would be a quad one. Right now, Penn State mm-hmm. has four quad one wins, at least at this hour. They've got four quad one wins. They actually have more quad one wins than, than St. Mary's, as many quad one wins as Virginia, as many quad one wins as Gonzaga, and then there's North Carolina. Which is zero and nine in quad one games this year? Okay. Really? Yes. North wow. Carolina is zero and nine in quad one games.
3: Isn't it amazing how a change in head coaches knocks these teams right down? Duke, North Carolina, you know.
0: Well, that's so. that's what happens. You go from having legendary, great coaches yeah. to then getting younger coaches who. Don't have a lot of head coaching experience; they get in there, and then we see how it all plays out. I mean, Hubert Davis did a great job getting them to the final last year, uh, where well, they lost to Kansas. John Shire's been doing a good job. I was talking to Derek Lively's mom, uh, Kathy Drysdale, the, on Tuesday night, and Derek's starting for Duke, and you know, they love John Shire. You know, and and Derek and Derek is probably. We'll see what Derek wants to do, but if Derek wanted to enter the draft, he'd get picked. So,
3: hmm. And say, have any players that could go in the draft?
0: Uh, Seth Lundy's going to get a long look, and now I think because of what he's done, Jalen Pickett's going to get a long look because it's always tough to make comparisons, but the NBA people, when they talk about Pickett, the guy they most liken him to is Jalen Brunson of the Knicks. Okay. In terms of how he plays the game.
3: Where are the Crispins now? I know one was doing it with a an analyst.
0: Yep, John uh, is still an analyst. He's with ESPN, and he's good. Uh, and gave I appreciate you gave me a nice shout out on the show the other day, which was nice. Uh, sure. And and Joe Crispin is the head coach at Rowan College in suburban Philadelphia.
3: Oh, good for him. He's the one who hunted me down when I couldn't find you.
0: Yes, yeah, that's.
3: <laughs> I couldn't that's, find you, <laughs> I, I, uh, Matt, I'm walking through the city, right? I have no idea where they're staying. Nothing. I get off at the Grand Central Station, and I'm just wandering around, and I see these like six foot ten guys walking down the street, <laughs> and they had Penn State jackets on. I said, "Oh, cool." I chased him down. I said, "I'm looking for Steve Jones."
2: So I said, "Well, you, you
3: can walk with us." <laughs> he <laughs> couldn't see me, <laughs> I was with him.
2: The Crispins they are good are dudes. Big dudes. Yes, <laughs> yeah, they're good guys. No yeah, doubt.
3: Crispin hunted me down afterwards when we got to the hotel, and he said, "I think he called me Mr. Jones." I don't know. <laughs> he goes, "Did you find your brother?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "Because we got him for you." <laughs> I said okay. <laughs> I remember that. Such a good time there. Oh my god, I was fucking <laughs> this stuff. I went to the Today Show in the morning. Remember? He did. I was I waving at the what? camera and stuff. I got a book.
0: <laughs> I, re- I remember.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited. Ann Curry, I shook her hand. Um, oh, good. It was neat, you know. So
0: it's, I had a blast. So. Well, that's good. That's anyway, what matters, man. I imagine you have fun. That's great.
3: Yeah, go do it again.
0: So. Yeah, well, I'd like to. I'd like to see it with, the, obviously, with an NCAA flavor to it. So we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll pick games in a moment. Uh, News Radio 1070 WKK, brought to you by Brewers Outlet.
2: Here we go. Time to make some picks. All right, so last week, Steve and I went 7 and 1. That brings me to 11 5 overall on the year. Steve 9 and 7. King went 4 and 4 last week, 8 and 8 so far to start the year. So you're not you're still 500, at 500. Baby. Yes, exactly right. Through 2 weeks into this. Let's kick things off with Citadel at Mercer. King. Hmm. Uh, throwing a curveball at us.
3: Yeah, boy. Um, what did I... I oh, I took the Citadel for sure.
2: <laughs> I've also got the Citadel. I, they're only averaging less than 11 turnovers a game. And I, I like that about that team. Steve. Well... The only team that they have in common uh, that I,
0: I've seen in person is Furman. And they both played Furman really tough. Uh they both did. Their records are similar. Uh and the only other part I know about the Citadel is Penn State practiced there. <laughs> 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 when they were down in the Charleston tournament. There you go. But but when they played at Citadel, Mercer won this game's at Mercer. And I'll go with Mercer to win, even though Mercer's lost five in a row.
2: All right. Next one, that was kind of a, a curveball. But actually, one of these teams has got the 16, one of the 16 seeds right now projected. That's Alcorn State hosting Prairie View, who's been in the tournament before. Steve?
0: Alcorn State's won 12 of their last 13 games. They're playing at home. Even though these two teams went to overtime, in their only meeting. This time, the game's at Alcorn,
2: and Alcorn State will keep winning. I'm wrong with Alcorn as well. King?
3: Alcorn State, but this is just cracking me up. You guys know so much. <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm really, these are curveballs. They won't know anything about these guys. And you know everything about them. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I didn't it's even sort of, know they had teams. We do oh, our homework, said. I guess. <laughs> Alcorn State.
2: There we go. As as our buddy Alex Kazora always said to me when I asked him a stupid question in college, you have the internet.
3: <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. You can look up any game, anything, but I didn't. So. There
2: you go. All right. Now to some uh, other games here that we're more familiar with. Let's go with I- or Iowa. Let's go with Indiana, number 17, coming off the loss the other night, hosting or at Purdue, I should say. So it's Purdue hosting Indiana in the Battle of Indiana. Uh, Steve?
0: Yeah, I know the last time when they played at Indiana, I picked Purdue, and Indiana won. But you know what? At home, Purdue <laughs> shoots the ball a lot better, and
2: I think Purdue will win the game. I think they'll win the game by five or six. I'm not impressed right now with the Hoosiers play. I'm going with Purdue. King?
3: I got Indiana. Indiana?
2: All right. There you go. Hey, Trace Jackson
0: Davis, Kev, is playing great college basketball right now. Yes. He is really good.
2: Did he just break a record recently?
0: Uh, he went past Mike Woodson on the all-time scoring That's
2: wasn't. what was. Okay. Yeah. I knew it yeah. was He's some sort of scoring record. Scorer. Yeah. Calver Chaney is their all-time leading scorer. So. Yeah. There we go. All right. We just talked about him a little earlier. UNC. On the outside, looking in with Penn State right now is in that group of first four teams out. They're hosting UVA, sixth ranked right now, on, uh, or on tomorrow. Let's go with the King.
3: I got Virginia. I mean, everybody hates watching them play, but they, they play the way they want to. I like Virginia.
2: UNC stinks. UVA outright. And that would really be a big help for Penn State, too.
0: Uh, Virginia is coming off a loss where they got drilled by Boston College I mean they got yeah. I mean, they lost the game by 15 points up at the uh, Conti Forum uh I think they come in off that angry and ready to go and they're gonna go into the uh, Dean Dome they go, they'll beat North Carolina There's something about North Carolina they are out of sync I watched their game the other night with
2: Notre Dame they they're out of sync for some reason. Another game in the ACC, Syracuse at Pitt. I love the Pitt Panthers this year. I'm taking Pitt outright at home. Steve? I think Syracuse is good enough to play with them.
0: I think Pitt's going to win. I give uh, Jeff Capel a lot of credit. He's done a good job. I
2: think they're going to be dangerous come tournament time. I really do. I think they're the projected, what, a four seed, I believe, right now? Or no, last last uh, bye, <laughs> So, yeah, somewhere in that territory. King?
0: I got yeah, the orange. Syracuse. yep. Yeah, yeah, Pitt's, uh, Pitt's uh, net ranking and, and Ken Palm ranking. One's ahead, just barely ahead of Penn State. The other one's behind Penn State. All
2: right, there you go. All right, and King's got Q. All right. Um, back to the Big Ten, Minnesota at Nebraska. King. Gophers, Minnesota. Gophers. All right, I, I got Nebraska
0: fourth game in seven days, third on the road because of the COVID problem for Minnesota. They won't have enough legs to win Nebraska. Oh, boy. Uh, I better do my homework, huh?
3: well
0: I mean, penn state players play well <laughs> penn, <laughs> penn state just played them though so I knew what their schedule was because, because of covid coming up because they would only yeah. played one game in in two weeks before they played penn State and that was part of the theme like hey after this game like no we thought they'd play their best game against penn state because they were rested, ready to go, but then the subsequent games, all on the road, that have no legs, and as each game went by, the margin of, of uh, loss was going to get greater.
3: Yeah, I still got Minnesota, Nebraska squad.
2: There you yeah. go. I mean, this this is kind of a toilet bowl type of game, so I got you there. Yeah. All right, now we Nebraska, go to
0: the. Hey, you know what? Give Nebraska credit, they are playing very well. They just
2: beat Maryland. They are playing better. Yeah. That's why I that's why I kind of like them now at this spot but And they won and they won at Rutgers. Yeah, that was surprising. Oh boy. I was stunned by that. Yeah. Now I right. give Fred a lot I give Fred
0: a lot of credit. Fred Hoberg's a good
2: coach. Well, now we go to the Big 12. Big one there this week. Number eight, Texas at number nine, Baylor. King, I think I know who you're going to pick, but I'll go with you first. I'm taking Baylor. <laughs> you love Baylor. It's so funny. Yeah. You I love those Baylor
3: Bears. because of Chip and Joanna. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's they a good reason
1: why to like it. I'll, I'll give go. you that. They, they
2: actually go to the games. So. They do, yes. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Chip throughout the first pitch at uh Texas Rangers game. It is Baylor gear not too long ago. Very I remember nice. that. But anyway. Chip's a good athlete. He's a real, yeah. real good
3: athlete. I wouldn't and want to mess with a him. Good athlete, so. Yeah. He's got a whole bunch of kids, but I'm sure they
2: Yes. Whatever. But yeah. they, they got they got plenty of money. They're have in have good the shape. Chip and Joanna Bowl one of these years. They should. I would watch. Now that the I would Magnolia watch. Bowl. Absolutely. Something. I would watch that in a yeah. heartbeat. I don't care who it is. I would watch that in a heartbeat, <laughs> Steve. That'd what you fun. got? <laughs> Baylor.
3: Brags <the> riches.
2: <laughs> I like Texas. Baylor, I've never, I haven't been really in that impressed by this year. I, I think they're kind of a fraudulent top ten type of team. Texas seems to get those good wins when they need to. I'm, to, I'm going with Longhorns on the road. All right, then finally. This is going to be a heck of a matchup, and we were talking about this earlier, so that's why I saved this for last. St. Mary's, number 15, at number 12, Gonzaga. Steve, let's start with you.
0: Yeah, that'll be the game I will definitely watch tomorrow night because Penn State doesn't play till Sunday at 6.30. Uh, You know what? I know the game is going to be at the Kennel, but I think that St. Mary's matches up really well with Gonzaga. I'm going to pick St. Mary's to win it on the road. I like it. King.
3: Uh, I definitely took St. Mary's. This is one game, of, for whatever reason, I watch every year. a time late, late at night because I never sleep. And it's always a war. And St. Mary's always seems to come out on top. So this I'm is an 11 Saint p.m. start,
2: Mary's. I think, right? Say it again? I think this is an 11 p.m. start. Eastern time. Yeah.
3: Is it it's always really way? really late and it's the only game on and it's always a war you know they don't like each other and they probably recruit out of the same pool
2: and yeah.
3: same Mary's.
2: I am going to stick with Gonzaga close game should be a heck of a game but I am sticking with the Zags in that one but should be fun I like save Mary's too Really, I
3: love that, uh, not love. I love, like, Gonzaga's coach. I think that it's guy a is a great
0: basketball game, coach. So. The game is at 10 o'clock Eastern Time. It is 10, yeah.
2: yeah it's 10. 10
0: o'clock, yeah. Mark Mark Few, Bennett's done a really good job at St. Mary's, no question about it. Mark Few has just done an unbelievable job at Gonzaga. I mean, really. He
3: can coach anywhere he wants, and he stays there, so... I admire well, it's, that.
0: they're in an interesting spot now because he's 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 now into his 60s. I mean, early 60s. The question is, I don't think it's a question of him leaving, but the question is for Gonzaga: How long do you continue to count on him being there?
3: Right.
0: So yeah, just down the road, we'll have a great, great, great weekend, coach, guys. he
3: loves his school.